Hi, I'm Dave Bazuki, founder and CEO at Roblox, and you're listening to Tech Talks, a podcast about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of the metaverse. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the most innovative technologies that have emerged in this new category and sharing stories with the Robloxians that are building them. Today, I'm joined by Kiran Bhatt, our Senior Director of Engineering for the Avatar team. We're gonna be talking about self-expression in the metaverse, the unique capabilities of avatars on Roblox, and how we're building a facial animation system to handle infinite avatar styles. Let's get started. Kieran, great to see you. I think um, we had that one pivotal meeting in person, then we've been virtual the whole time, and we've had one other meeting in person, which was so lovely. It's great to have you on the show today. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful to be here, uh, Dave. Uh, it's a true honor. Yeah, so it'd be fun to roll back the clock. You have a really unique story of how you came to Roblox. And I actually think your story didn't start when you came to Roblox. I think this started maybe even in college. Um, the first time we met, you told me a little about a dream. Do you mind going all the way back to then and talking a little about your dream back then? Yeah, you know, um, I've always been very excited about um, computer graphics and how objects move, uh, how real world moves and how to represent that and capture that in, in with robots and, and also in the computer. Um, and uh, this has been a, a foundational aspect of, uh, you know, what I studied in grad school uh, with robotics and then in computer graphics. And when I switched from, from that to working in the visual effects industry, um, it transitioned to characters where we were trying to build characters that would move and emote for the big screen. And that has been a, a consistent sort of a fascination of mine to see that evolve and now into the metaverse. So, so when we first met, I was so excited because Roblox has come from this more primitive blocky UGC world. And so the DNA of having someone who came to us from the movie industry where everything's bleeding edge and high fidelity. It just felt like a, a beautiful balance to the company. Can you just share a little briefly what you did in the movie industry before you, you came to Roblox? Yeah, sure. So I started Loom AI with my longtime friend, Mahesh, who's also from the movie industry. Um, he had worked on Shrek and Madagascar. Uh, we, when we reconnected in 2015, uh, both of us had worked on different facets of building highly engaging characters for the big screen. And we wanted to bring some of that same magic of digital avatars to interactive consumer applications on mobile phones. Um, now, at that point, the avatars pipeline for movies was a complex artist-intensive process and typically spanned months of work to get that working. Uh, the, the capture process also involved specialized hardware, uh, makeup, back and forth with animators, and gave great looking results, but was not really scalable 
for real-time consumer applications. So we knew right away that we had to completely reinvent the technology stack for avatar creation and animation. Lucky for us, around that time, there was also a lot of research in automatic ML algorithms for solving hard computer vision problems. So we put together a crack team of experts in computer graphics and VFX, and we landed up formulating the avatar creation and animation using this technique called as deep learning. We quickly started seeing some nuanced facial movement in our avatars with video captured from a mobile phone, and we knew that we are on the right path here. I think there's a notion that we're all so programmed biologically to detect real biological motion that as you started working and capturing real human faces and emotions, probably without realizing it, many people watching these movies intuitively, intuitively thought, oh my gosh, this is starting to feel better. And it's extremely satisfying to know that human motion was behind that. And I also, I almost, sometimes when I see a Boston Dynamics robot, because it's so much driven by a complex physical control system, I get the feeling that like those movie characters you built, it's intelligent or it's smart right. or it, it can do things. And um, so, so I love how you got your start and then you made this morph into entrepreneurial space. Can you give a little background on how your movie experience you know, helped you make the loop, leap to founding Loom? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So um, uh, I uh, met with my longtime friend and co-founder of Loom AI, Mahesh, uh, in the, towards the middle of 2015. And we, uh, the two of us, uh, had been working on um, interesting uh, pieces of the character puzzle for the, big, uh, for the big screen. So I was working more on figuring out how to bring these characters to life uh, by uh, puppeteering these characters from a human actor. And Mahesh was looking at um, the, the character design itself. You know, how do you make these characters that people truly connect with? Um, so he had been working at DreamWorks and I was working at Lucasfilm. And, and both of us realized that uh, the, uh, this medium of avatars and characters and emotive characters in particular uh, was at that point in time, very much a, a laborious, uh, complex process that was uh, something that big visual effects houses could afford to build. It would take months of uh, effort to build a character, sometimes millions of dollars uh, for each character. And every frame that you see these characters in the big screen would be analyzed and sort of, you know, uh, uh, basically rendered many, many times over. Um, so this was, this was great technology, people connected with it, but it was not quite ready for consumer uh, great applications. And uh, that, that's what we set out to do at Loom is we, we said, hey, can we bring some of this core magic to the to consumer grade uh, applications? But that meant that we had to sort of reinvent the stack from scratch because a lot of what was powering the movie, uh, the, these characters in movies are where artists uh, behind the scenes. So we had to sort of reinvent a way of doing this capture uh, of, of facial performance and rigs that, that, you know, that characters were built on 
using deep learning. And that was sort of the genesis of uh, Loom AI. Well, so when I first saw the product, I thought it was absolutely awesome. And for our listeners out there, Loom, uh, I experienced it as a, a Zoom plugin, actually. And I experienced both uh, facial tracking through the camera on my computer. I also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I covered the camera, I picked up lip syncing tracking as a redundant mechanism. And then I also um, was able to dynamically swap my real life camera with a synthetic avatar in its place that was following everything I did. And I, it was so in sync with um, our vision for ultimately the avatars on Roblox, um, which want to convey expression, emotion, and be whoever you want to be. So I, um, I, re I remember seeing it. And then I remember that first meeting we had in San Francisco right before COVID, right. where we got to know each other. That was um, wonderful. And um, I think we got very lucky that we were able to figure out a way to work together. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's, that, was, that was an amazing meeting. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that really stood out for us was uh, your commitment to the, the long-term vision of the medium and how that really gelled with our vision of where this medium is headed, medium of avatars is headed. Uh, you know, one of the things that that people sometimes uh, don't understand is the the amount of complexity and and the science that goes behind uh, behind doing uh, you know building avatars, animating them from you know your consumer grade hardware, um, and and the long journey there is to to making that span the the ambitions of. Uh, or something like Roblox, like a metaverse, and so that in that meeting, what we came out with was this: uh, this was the understanding of what, how powerful it would be if if some of the um, some of the avatar technologies that we were building could live inside Roblox. And I think we were really excited to see that come to fruition. That vision has been there for quite a while, and. Um... I think one of our engineers built a Hack Week project six or seven years ago. That's very primitive. For those Roblox fans, you can find it um, with some very primitive uh, facial tracking. So uh, these some of the, sometimes these visions do take a long time, but we're on an amazing track. We can't comment about any ship dates or anything, but what I've seen in the lab is absolutely amazing. Um, just in the little time you've been here, um, so, so anyways, fortunately, we figure this all out. Your team joins Roblox in the middle of COVID. We can never meet in person. Oh my gosh, what was it like? And was there anything surprising to you? Oh, 2020 was such a crazy year, wasn't it? Um, so during that time, the team was building that Zoom plugin with avatars that you just talked about. And we're also dabbling with some rudimentary prototypes of a shared 3D space with avatars. And then our meeting happened. Um, so uh, when the team found out about the acquisition, they were super thrilled uh, because the, the long-term vis vision just made a lot of sense. And the whole merger was also very smooth. It also helped that our team was uh, half remote and international. So logistically, a switch to Roblox, also based in California, 
was seamless. And in terms of surprises, um, one aspect that stood out uh, in the last six months or so we've been here was how every team in Roblox takes a long view in how they operate. We could sense that that was the case for the avatars team based on that first meeting with you. But it was kind of cool to see this approach throughout the company. And in practical terms, this promotes a, a positive collaborative culture um, between the different teams. Another a core value that uh, resonate, uh, resonated with us um, was respecting your community. And our team had to figure out the best way to expose our tech in a way that's accessible to the developer community at large, um, many of whom may be new to facial animation and not just the expert developers out there. So it's been a great learning experience for, us, for the team as we figure out uh, how to make our tech metaverse ready. Yeah, I think the, um, the constraints in building self-service platform that hundreds of millions of people can use in really crazy combinatorial ways all the time really is takes a lot of hard work, right? It's, yeah. uh, you, it's not a one-off. It, it has to run forever and, and run wonderfully well. Yep. And, and I do like that. Um, a, a couple of riffs on what you said, that respecting the community includes putting the community in front of the company, in front of the team. And I, I'm hoping you're seeing us demonstrating those values. And then on the innovation side, the only way we're going to scale as a company is really um, building innovation into all of the teams in the company. So one of the exciting things about as we grow and having companies like yours join us and you join us is we're able to distribute the innovation a bit because um, right. we really we really need the 50 or 60 teams all driving that innovation almost as a portfolio of innovation. We can't do it as our as the executive team. So this is a wonderful example of, of scaling that. Um, let, diving in a bit to the technology of mm -hmm. avatars on Roblox, I, I think it might be interesting to compare the 10-year-old avatars that we built with where we think it's going. You know, Initially, an avatar on Roblox was six blocky pieces and a texture and a burned in face that in the early days of Roblox, in the very earliest days of Roblox, I tell this story, didn't even animate. Uh, it floated around like a solid ghost, <laughs> a sheet of cardboard, because we were so into the idea of iterating and, and shipping early and getting feedback. And, and it's grown a, a long way since then, you know, mm -hmm. more and more fidelity, more and more things. But we're really deep into what I, I believe is the next layer of combinatorial excellence, which we, we want anything to happen. We want people to have a lot of control about where we're going. Could you touch a little on just vision wise with clothing, with motion or with face in whatever area where, where you think we're going without giving away any ship dates or things like that? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think I think you're right. So avatars, I mean, especially as we go towards the um, the metaverse, um, it's avatars are your identity, expression of your identity in the metaverse. So that that is that's where it all starts. So you want the ability as a user to portray yourself in whatever way you like to be. 
Um, so that's that's something that's very unique about Roblox in that the style of the avatar is not controlled by the platform, but by us, it's you know it's up to the developers to build different style avatars and users to use it in whatever combinatorialism that they they could choose. So the so as a system, Roblox avatars have to support that fundamentally. Um, and so the tools that we envision providing uh, would allow developers to create avatars of any different style, uh, ranging from the classic blocky with burnt-in texture to, to uh, avatars that have faces and eventually bodies that can animate to avatars that respond to your face, facial movement and voice or one or the other or both to body tracking to and 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 so on and so forth. So there's there's a continuum of of capabilities that avatars are going to have, and on the other axis, the styles, the styles of the avatar are also you know combinatorially there. And so you know the, the what that essentially means is that the underlying representation of the avatars is something that we want to solidify and and put out there. And as long as you build avatars to that standard, your avatar, it will work on the platform. So that's sort of how we are looking at the problem. And as you as you correctly pointed out earlier, the um, it's, a it's a little more upfront work in defining how avatars are represented in the platform. But once it's done, it can adapt to, to a number of different styles. Um, yeah, the, that combinatorial explosion that we're hoping to see, I mean, Sometimes we talk about the telephone switchboard of all the different combinatorialism. As you mentioned, anyone's facial animation coupled with any face or head, coupled with any type of avatar body, coupled yep. with all kinds of clothing, coupled with accessories, glasses, hairstyle, all working with each other, which is a really exciting technical thing to work on. And there's a few more that we'll see someday, tattoos, makeup, all these kind of things will add to that combinatorialism. Hey, when we zero in on facial animation, once again, without a date, you know, every head and face in Roblox is somewhat static. Um, without a date, what would be the very first inkling? Like what might be the minimum viable functionality we might notice someday on Roblox? So the 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 first thing we are hoping to see is the ability to have emotes, faces that can that can have interesting emotes that uh, that will let you express yourself. Uh, That's awesome with the facial expressions. Um, yeah, sometimes I think of that as TTS, time to smile. Um, <laughs> when's the first time you're going to just be able to smile on Roblox? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 would be the first thing that you'll you'll start seeing, and then you know over time you're going to get many more features like facial tracking and all of that. So ultimately, I think it's safe to say there's a lot of tools to animate the face. And I'm imagining a hybrid and amalgam of voice tracking, camera tracking, emotes, like, like all of these working together in some kind of cool system. That's correct. Yeah. When we look under the covers of all of this complexity that hopefully people on Roblox appreciate but never realize how much work it was behind that. One thing that was surprising to me when, when we were working with you and, and your company was joining ours 
is this ML component to facial animation, which I, it struck me at why is ML being used? And then as we dived in it, I learned why it was an important part of that. Is there, is there some high level stuff you can talk to about the various technology challenges behind the scenes, um, maybe starting with ML and then we can dive into a few others as well. Yeah, so um, you know the the branch of ML that we uh, we use, uh, it's called deep learning. It's based on neural networks, um, and the reason why we use neural networks is because you want a system that is completely agnostic to the hardware you're running this on. It should be running on a really old phone to a uh, you know reasonably powerful MacBook Pro. Um, you want this to be running on. Uh, across different lighting scenarios, uh, different head positions. Um, uh, and so all kinds of real world complexities that make facial tracking hard um, is, uh, is, is kind of solved by using neural networks because you can train a neural network by giving it all ex examples, of all the different scenarios that might happen in the real world that you want the network to be able to predict correctly. So, so the so going from video to animation, that part is 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 what is solved by neural networks. And the same thing is true with voice. Um, what happens is, you know, in many cases, when you are in the real world scenario, you may be occluding, maybe drinking a cup of coffee as you are in a in a video call, and your lips may be occluded, and you don't want your avatar to look uh, dead. Are, are wrong, you want to take uh, the voice and, and translate that automatically uh, into, into lip syncing characters. And, and we found that that was one of the big challenges, even in the movie industry, um, getting lip syncing working accurately is not easy at all. And, and, and so having a neural network that can do that for us and combine that with video when video is present allows us to get very accurate lip sync with voice and the rest of facial expressions uh, from video. So this is like a way for us to combine uh, different networks, multimodal. As you talk about that, I, I'm getting curious um, around the difficulty of whether there's any pieces of it where the audio track on the lip syncing can overlap with the camera track and self-reinforce each other or whether they act autonomously um, right now? So the, the, uh, these, these neural networks are uh, designed to be multimodal in nature, and they know that they are trained with the same common data source. So they know how to sort of blend each other's uh, data. That's cool. Okay, now I'm gonna ask a funny controversial question and it's, it's See if you can think of where I'm going. Are you Tesla or are you Waymo? And where I'm going with it is when the cameras start to have a little LIDAR on top of the visual, do you think we ignore it because, like we're Tesla and it's just visual? Or do you think we're Waymo and we'll take LIDAR if we can get it to help blend this? You know, the uh, I would go Waymo only because uh, if you had LIDAR and you can you can get more accurate lip roll, that's something that is usually very hard to get just from, from video because it's two-dimensional. It's hard to get some of the lip roll, lip presses uh, that are very important uh, uh, to, to communicate an emotion. 
And so, um, so yeah, that's why I think you know getting extra three-dimensional data um, is always helpful. It's not essential. Um, and so what we have done is um, we go for perceptual fidelity of animations more than accuracy uh, per se. So you know if we if if the two systems that are trying to produce the facial animation for the mouth, one of them produces something that does not look visually pleasing, our neural network would reject it. Um, following up on the vision, one thing that some of the technology people might, I'm wondering, and some people might be wondering, is if we lined up 100 people with cameras and microphones, and then on the other end of the room, we lined up 100 monitors with various avatars, and we channeled each person to one of those avatars. So, you know, that's what's so exciting, this combinatorialism, and each person could map to any avatar. Right. Does that mean somewhere in the middle, there is some universal format that everyone goes into and then goes out? Or is it not, is behind the scenes, it's not really like that? You know, there's a direct mapping from person to avatar. There is a direct mapping from person to avatar, and that's what makes this interesting, because you want to get lot of the 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 individual mannerisms of the of the puppeteer because uh, you know that that's what allows you to recognize the person so the the, the 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 nods the blinks maybe the tilts of your head all of those that make you you who you are needs to come through in the character as well and and then you know maybe you're not talking at all but maybe you're nodding in a conversation and just looking at the way you nod, the way you tilt your head, you might be able to recognize that that is Kiran and, oh, and that is Dave. And, and so that those aspects of the, of the personality that comes in your pose and your movement are subtle, but very important aspects of communication with avatars. And I think as we build the metaverse um, and have hundreds of people uh, coexisting, a lot of these would play an important role in being able to look at a group of people and say, oh, that, you know, identify your friend, not just visually, but also from the sort of the movement and the mannerisms. Cool. We touched on one, we touched on one idea, LIDAR, and we're, we're talking about the future of expression in general, and that goes from face, head, body, clothing. Um, when you look at the future of expression in the metaverse, are there things beyond that, or are there things that are are your favorites that you imagine we might move towards someday? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so behind the scenes, um, we need a universal format to represent an avatar's spatial musculature. Um, this allows us to have that combinatorialism uh, in the avatar designs. Um, and also lets us channel any player's spatial movement uh, to one of those hundred uh, avatars in the scenario you're just describing. Um, but, but what's also interesting is that when you start puppeteering one of these avatars, the parameters of this underlying avatar format is adapted to that specific player. So this allows us to capture the mannerisms and projects subtle nuances of their facial movement onto their avatars. So something like micro expressions, how they tilt their head or how they nod, essentially allowing their friends to recognize them based on how their avatar moves. So in that sense, there is a direct mapping of the player's movement 
onto their avatars. It's one thing that's very exciting to me about the technology we're working on in that many technologies are more uh, binary, either you can do it or you can't. Whereas I feel some of what we're working on at Roblox is gonna show up in a year, some in five years, some in 10 years, some in 20 years. And, and ultimately what you're thinking about where maybe we're going to an outdoor rock concert, <laughs> 50,000 people, is my hair blowing correctly in the wind? Is the light off your glasses? Can I see 50,000 faces all smiling and yelling all of that? <laughs> That's a big technical challenge. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, and, and that's why you know that's the, the 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 sort of the the focus on the long view is really important uh, for these technologies to mature and truly be you know powerful ways of communicating. For um, for engineers who are listening to you right now and getting excited, saying, "Oh my gosh, I want to work on avatars and emotion." Um, either who are in, you know, not in college, in college, out of college working, do you have any general advice um, in general or about your specific domain that, that you're so good at? Um, no, this is, a, it's, this is a really unique moment um, for computer graphics and, and avatars and metaverse in general. And um, for what we are building is empowering creators to build creative emotive characters and accessories and animate them in this in this new medium so the analogy i have um, is uh, how computational photography and uh, and small cameras on cell phones really transformed video as a medium i think we are at a similar point with uh, with with the sort of the the deep learning and analysis synthesis technologies uh, with the medium of avatars in the metaverse. So it's a, it's a similar moment of time. So the opportunities for people interested in space is immense. And I think I can break that down into three sub areas. The first area is what we call analysis, which is in real time, can you design uh, algorithms, networks that can analyze people's movement, faces, body, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's, a, that's a big uh, group of uh, technologies. And along with that uh, comes the aspect of, you know, moderating that data. If you, if, you know, if we want to make sure that things are civil. So, you know, the, the analysis has also, there's also that piece of being able to look at the data and also make real-time inferences, whether this is safe or not. Um, the second piece is, is synthesis, which is, you know, you're building these, parametric models for deforming characters, deforming faces, deforming bodies, animating faces, animating bodies. So that's that's sort of the, the second uh, pillar. And the third pillar is systems. You know, you know, all of these things have to work with constrained resources. Um, they have to work on, you know, firewall cell phones. They may have to, you, know, you may have the luxury of running it on the server or on a budget constrained hardware. So the, the efficiency and performance of these algorithms is very important, especially when you have constraints um, of network or, or battery life or, or CPU or GPU, or whatever it is. So all of these three pillars are very important. So engineering, uh, synthesis and analysis are all important facets. And I think most engineers 
uh, excited in computer graphics uh, will find a lot of these problems very uh, juicy to work on. Yeah, I want to second what you said about it's it's still really early, this whole domain. I remember over 15 years ago when we started Roblox, um, several of us had come from the mechanical engineering industry as well as educational software. And we looked at avatar technology and, and our mechanical engineering lens said, every avatar should be a physically simulated uh, system driven by a control system that's really smart. Right. Um, there were fits and starts of that type of technology, but 15 years later, every avatar is not driven by a physically driven control system. And, and there's newer techniques, you know, AI ML based that look even better to me than that. And so whether it's facial animation or motion, this all these technologies, mocap, human cap, you know, right. physical simulation, ML, it's still early in how these are all being blended together. And that original avatar we were hoping for in Roblox, really smart, can do the monkey bars, can swing <laughs> on the ropes, can do whatever you want. Well, there's still a lot of fun work to be, to be done there. Um, yeah, so hey, on thinking about um, in the metaverse for you personally, do you have any favorite things you either have done or would like to be able to do someday? Um, for me, I, for me in the early days of Roblox, it was just day after day seeing user creations. And then more lately, it's been whole new areas going to concerts on Roblox with my family and just realizing immediately that side by side, either live or video streaming, immersive 3D is, is a whole new thing. I'm wondering for you if there's any things either past or future that are exciting for you. I think for me, uh, the uh, it, it is more along the lines of being able to be in a shared space with my family and friends on the other side of the planet. Uh, there's all the video is great, but it's never quite satisfying. It's you, unless you're there spatially together. So being in a shared space with uh, with you know my parents and 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 friends and cousins um, is 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 special. So if if uh, I think and this technology is, has the promise of delivering that. Yeah. as being a fundamental me medium where people across the globe can get together and have a, a shared sense of presence. All right. Yeah, I think presence. that's really important. I think we've made a lot of advances with the telegraph, the telephone and video calls, but there's a few ways to go. Uh, a couple things I've noticed, uh, I'd love your take on it. We've been running Roblox town company meetings in a simulation of our actual office that is very accurate. And I've been hanging out there once a week with all the people on Roblox. I'm, I'm wondering if there's something around spatial that burns more realistic memories. And the reason is I, I do remember the conversations I've had more clearly spatially than on Zoom. Right. And I also, I, I'm very careful of course to almost like in the movie Inception, realize <laughs> when I'm 
in physical reality versus digital reality. Like I, I don't try to jump in physical reality, you know, up on the steps sometimes, but <laughs> it, they do seem to create similar memories in my brain. And I'm wondering if, if you've experienced that or if that at all relates to your vision of using this as a human togetherness type utility. No, I think that's, that's very true. The, the, the idea of co-presence um, is uh, uh, with low latency is a critical aspect of, of being able to communicate effectively and you know, being able to get the sort of the tiny gestures, the nods, the you know, you're looking at somebody versus the other person uh, in a, across the room. Those are aspects of, of, uh, of communication that we've completely lost without, with, with video alone. So, uh, so to me as an application, uh, this is a very powerful um, uh, enabler and a metaverse enables that along with, you know, hundreds and thousands of other applications. Uh, so this, uh, you know, and I think, I think having avatars that, that, you know, are puppeteered by you that may or may not look like you, but, you know, you have the choice to make it look like you. That's um, just very, and, and yeah. driven by your voice. Um, that's that, that aspect is really powerful. When we had our Roblox holiday party in Roblox, and I got to meet people I hadn't seen for a while and they were dressed up just like in a holiday party. So they were expressing it just like in a real holiday, you know, you say, oh, I love what you're wearing. And, <laughs> you know, people were drinking various beverages from water up through martinis and you could see what they were drinking and then chat with them. It, it really created a memory that I, I still have today, which was very satisfying in the midst of COVID. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember coming to that holiday party as my one of the first early experiences, town hall experiences, and and leaving with a memory of oh wow, this is something really close to the real deal. Yeah. Right. You know, you. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing you there, right? The crowd. Like you were there. <laughs> yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey, um, in the midst of a busy week, Kieran, it's so. I'm just so appreciative of you for you to pop out of your work and hang out for a bit and chat about your experience. Uh, really appreciate you having on the show today. And uh, it's it's a true uh, true pleasure to be here, Dave, and and sort of work together on the future of uh, avatars at Roblox. Cool. I look forward to our next team meeting. Thank you so much, Kieran. Take care. That's all for this episode of Tech Talks. Thanks for listening. To learn more about careers at Roblox, visit roblox.com forward slash careers. I'm Dave Bazuki. See you again next time.